Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Jesus. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard, the young, the young Grognard, kicking it to you live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign. Uh, we are currently in the adventure, the Herald and the Quest, the Past. Uh, in the last few episodes, our party took a very harrowing journey up to Fearmore. <laughs> Uh, where they have finally reached their destination of Gallant Bay and the hopes of locating the Icon of Despair to speak with a certain spooky undead fellow uh, to get some answers of what they can do about a very certain herald of a certain steel who's definitely trying to end the world. But that aside, our party in Gallant Bay did all the wonderful things of spreading their culture from Amaroth uh, with these people, as well as uh, Gorgareth. Uh, Jarzak met some locals. Um, Norhill ate some cheese. Kleega couldn't afford fancy things. And Anton found a new church to despise. So uh, we found out that there's a wizard somewhere out there who likes the color green a lot, who might know the location of the Icon of Despair. But most people say it's not a good idea to go looking, because once you go looking, the dead come walking back. So with this in mind, our party, uh, having made some new enemies in the city, uh, the ogres, uh, we found out about how much uh, there's a vie for power within Gallad Bay. Uh, evidently, ogres want quite a lot of power for some reason. Can't imagine why. Uh, apparently, there's also a group of humans who are over hoping to overthrow their leader. Um, and uh, lastly, the the Lord, who I guess the party have a meeting with very soon. Uh, who knows how he's handling all this? All I know is that the tavern that we're sitting in right now has just had its front door blown completely off the hinges and five ogres have come stomping into the location. Uh, they don't look happy and they don't look any more diplomatic than Jarzak did earlier that day. So with that in mind, we're going to start by rolling initiative right off the bat. I got a 15, so I don't know if anybody's got me on that one. 17. God damn it. 10. What did you get? What? 10. Did you say 10? 10. Okay, very good. Uh, Anthony, what'd you get? 13. Okay. And then, Jared, did you say you got 17? Yep. You know, that was a very good opportunity for you to lie 
Um, if you didn't, I would never know. <laughs> I don't know Every, that it'll help. But you everybody at home would know. <laughs> would they? Well, what's funny Wait, is that's, Ronnie's that's audio not what he goes got. off, so it's magic. Oh, okay. It could have either been seven or 17. But uh, in any case, uh, as soon as the ogres bust through the door, I'm going to say everybody's armed and armored just because nobody's actually come to stay anywhere. And I figured Norhill being a uh, soldier of fortune as he is probably would know not to take his armor off in a strange land, even while eating delectable cheeses. So uh, from the get go, you guys are in the back corner of this tavern. Um, as far as like the dimensions of this tavern go, uh, we can say that the place is about, I don't know, maybe this is a pretty sizable tavern, sort of like a longhouse. We'll say that it's like 120 or so feet wide. And then as far as the depth of this place goes, it's about 80 or so feet deep. So a nice rectangular place. There's a space in the back where there's a like sort of a lifted uh, area where there's a band to be playing. There are a couple bars set up uh, in the far corners here. Uh, but the place is filled with tables and chairs and now evidently shrieking and fleeing patrons. Um, so, yeah, as far as the ogres busting through the front door, there are five of them and they all seem to be armed differently to an extent. Some of them have come in with thick satchels filled with stones. Other ones seem to be armed to the teeth. Uh, one of them in particular in the back has a big metal chain that looks like it probably belonged to an anchor and a ship. Uh, but not anymore. Um, the party standing in the back by the fireplace are roughly 50 feet away from them. So, Ronnie, you're going to start us off. Uh, what's your plan? So, first thing, it, you made it clear like the patrons are running out. What about the staff? Are they involved? Are they, are they hiding? Do they have any reactions specifically? Like if they've ever seen um, anything like this before? If you want, you can roll an insight check on that to try to get a good look. Sure. Because I'm curious if this is like a normal occurrence or if, this is, if they're just like, what the hell? Um, so we those, just do. Those dang ogres. Are oh, sneaking I got in here. Six, by the way. <laughs> when you look at the, the people who work here, start cowering behind the bar, like the actual you know bar itself and the tables and whatnot, they do look like this is something that they've experienced at one point or another, but judging by the fact that none of them are armed and they look to be like avoiding any sort of semblance of an aggressive posture, it looks almost to you like it's a calculated move to look so not involved in this as to have it look like they had nothing to do with this. There's no way that this could be tossed back to them in any way. And it looks strictly like it's you guys and the ogres. Like they are all like hands above their head, like, See, I'm not touching anything. I'm not I'm not holding a weapon. There's nothing to do with me, which itself kind of bodes a, a, a strange feeling, I suppose. Yeah, I'm almost getting like. I don't know, like there's like a gang in town. You don't want to mess with them. So you have to always stay on the good side if that even means being on the. Uh, totally inactive side. But I think or, Gaetan just, it's, does he get a sense they want to attack them right away or do they, if, if they have like, I don't know, this is an additional insight check if like the ogres are like ready to like pound him right away and he has to get something up right away or if they're going to be open to any discussion. No. Ogres are not usually revered for their patience or their, oh. their sense of judgment on this. But I will make one statement here because you said before that the people seemed like maybe they don't want to mess with the gang. 
no, no, no. This looks like there was like some smudge over in two gangs territory. And they're trying to make it explicitly noted that like they may be gang affiliated themselves and they want it known they had nothing to do with this. This is just circumstantially taking place in their territory and they're not looking to have undue fights on their hands because you ding dong stayed here and ate their cheese. That's even more interesting. Okay. But if they're just going to be silly, I want to find a way to try to get them back out of the building regardless because we need somewhere to sleep. Can't sleep somewhere if it's destroyed. I need to restore my HP and spells, you turd. I'm going to try to see if I can get them out of here. So what's your plan? I want to get him out of the building. The ogres? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure okay. out like, the best way to do it without them coming toward us. Um, mm-hmm. The building itself has windows wrapped completely around it. So if you wanted to oh. try to go out of a window, that's always an option. The window nearest to you is about 20 or so feet away, 30 feet away. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to go to the party. I said, let's get him out of here. We're better off having a roof to sleep under after this, whatever this turns out to be. And Anton heads toward a window. <laughs> I can't tell where they are on the um, drawing, if they're anywhere specific. Yeah, it's just to, your, just to your right, about 30 feet. It's that sort of wooden looking thing. Oh, I thought that was a god. I didn't think that was a window. I thought that was like a... Like Ronnie, a- this is not a podcast where we criticize map makers, okay? I didn't know it was. No, I Tune into my other podcast, Cartographer Crap, where I just dunk on bad maps. <laughs> it should be Fartographer, by the way. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm still waiting to figure out. So Anton walks over there with the move action. Uh, were you going to do something else on your turn? Hmm. I mean, you can move twice and just try to, like, thrust yourself. If you want to move a second time, you can try to thrust yourself through the window. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Is that just, like, a strength strength or a strength? Yeah, strength, you can add athletics or acrobatics. Uh, Let's do athletics. I got 12. Can I make it through the window? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah totally um so you do and you march off uh and out to the uh the in-between of a couple of these buildings because it's more of an alleyway because of how packed in the courtyard is where you are um there's basically 10 feet between this building and the one next to it um but as soon as you smash out the window and into the alleyway it becomes painfully clear that there are plenty of people still outside and walking around even at this hour of night um so you are probably going to generate quite a buzz having a fight in the street, but we will see how that plays out on our next turn, uh, which is Jarzak. Um, do any of these look familiar? Like maybe uh, no, one I attacked I'll... earlier? No, actually none no? of them do. Okay. Are you going to dunk on that guy again? <laughs> I was, but um, how far away are they from me? Uh, you in particular, uh, you are 
about the same distance that um, Anton was. So about like 40, 50 feet away. Okay. Did Anton uh, say out loud that he doesn't want to fight in here? I forget. Yeah, I tried, okay. at least I tried to. Oh, okay. I believe um, Anton said, I got to get out of here, and then jumped out a window. <laughs> Not from like a fun summer sausage. Yes, yeah, Jarzak will just try and imitate all the people running out of here and go for a window. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, since the window's already cracked open, I mean, you can fling out into the same alley and be a basic contact with Anton if you'd like. Yeah. This is not boding well for the rest of this combat. Um, I'm sure this will be fine. Um, Okay, and then that means the next is the Ogres. So if that's the end of your turn, Jarzak. Yeah, I guess I'll pull out my weapon, ready my shield. Did I have to use the move action to get out here? Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought Norhill rolled better. Or, I mean the dash, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norhill got a 13. Ah. Uh... So the ogres that are left in here start kind of uh, enjoying the scene that they've caused. And it seems like as they chuckle to themselves with raucous belly laughter, um, they just start moving forward, shoving tables aside under their immense weight. And um, clearing the distance, the two in the front that look particularly beefy um, uh, close the gap pretty well between uh, themselves and you guys. Moving to about the midpoint of the room. Um, The ones that had the satchels with stones, however, just start lobbing the stones at this point. Um, the biggest and the meanest one carrying that big hefty chain seems to also move up with the other big beefy ones and starts to get ready to close the gap, almost like they're circling you guys in a way that looks like they feel like they definitely have you uh, pinned and have your fear at the forefront. So with that, um, the stones, uh, what's Norhill's armor class? 20. Ooh, 20. Okay, so one of them actually hits. So as one of them hurls a barrel that appears to have been filled with stones across the room, just to give it that extra oomph of weight, um, the the barrel comes flying across, and it crashes into you as you've gotten yourself up and ready to hopefully jump out the window, or whatever you're going to do, and you take... Uh, Yeah, Norhill will take it. He takes uh, 11 points of damage. Uh, this is perfectly normal damage, right? Meaning it's not magical? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, the other one that went flying for Klika misses terribly and smashes through one of the windows. So now uh, the next round goes to Norhill. Okay, uh, Norhill's not going to take very kindly uh, to having barrels thrown at him. Hmm. Is he going to go like 1v3 a gang of ogres? No. He might have to hire Starbreeze to write a song about that. 
Norhill is not that foolish. Um, he is going to stand up uh, from the table that he's sitting at um, based on the map that we're looking at. It looks a bit smaller than the rest of the tables uh, in the room. Is that mm -hmm. accurate? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so Norhill is going to stand up. Uh, he's going to knock over the table and kick it over in the ogre's general direction. Okay. Um, I'll say, that, and that's counting as an attack roll you're trying to do? I suppose. Um, mainly he's trying to you know, put up a little bit of difficult terrain. Okay. Yeah, I would say with how big they are and the general size of rubble in here, it'll definitely be hard to like block them from moving into things as all the furniture and people they've stepped on uh, to get over to has pretty much done little to slow them down. But if you'd like to, yeah, we can definitely say we, you put that in between you and them. So go ahead and just roll a strength check for me. Or athletics if you got that. I do have athletics. And that's going to be a 21 athletics. Okay. So yeah, you managed to like prop the table up and boot it so it slides perfectly across the room on an ice cube. Uh, and it smashes down in front of one of them, kind of, you know, disrupting his step as he started moving towards you. So I'll count it as difficult terrain between you and them. You were told to take this outside. Um, and then he's going to start moving towards the window. Okay. Um, and so you will say that you make it over to the window itself. Um, so, uh, now, uh, it goes to Klika, oddly the last in the initiative. Hey, uh, can I just, I guess I'll move next to Norhill. Uh, um, Norhill, do I have? Your permission to teleport you? Teleport away. Okay. Then and he sort of holds his breath and closes his eyes in preparation. Yeah, click a Norhill will teleport to like well, Clicka will look back over at the ogres before she teleports and be Yeah, um, like he said, we'll be outside and then we'll just fight you there. It's kind of rude to do it indoors. Uh, and then Klika will grab Norhill and teleport us both over here and then knock on the window so they can see her and then she'll move I guess if I have any more movement I'll move towards the front door okay alright cool um so with that, um, you definitely catch their attention and they look a bit dumbfounded by you being able to do that. Um, again, now that you guys are in the front of the building and standing out in like the main courtyard, uh, one of the town squares, um, you can tell this place still has quite a bit of activity going on and there's still people walking around. Even guards are still on duty and meandering about. Having heard the door smashed and people screaming and running out of here in droves, it seems to have attracted much of the attention of the guards. Um, and so at this point, seeing what's going on inside, you see like a troop of like five of the guards freeze completely in their tracks and slowly turn tail and begin to march <laughs> away 
inconspicuously oh, as if they didn't see what's going on right here. A few of them look very reluctant to do so, but every once in a while, one of them like grabs the other one by the shoulder and they like tug to get out of there. Like it's not worth it. So seeing you guys, you know, teleport to the front of the building and seeing ogres come stomping out the front door again, they'd figure they better get out of here too. But apart from that, the area before this place, apart from the people, um, it's pretty well vacant courtyard, just cobblestone street. Um, and this seems to go into a, a large uh, square circuit. One that I would say is probably about 400 to 500 feet on a side. Um, and it's surrounded by businesses with different alleyways leading in different directions, including a main road that seems to lead up to the uh, the Lord's Manor here. So you guys are just out in the middle of the giant freaking brawling arena, it would seem. Um, Perfect. Okay. So now at the start of the second round, uh, we start with Anton. Uh, I want to actually engage it because I haven't used it yet. I want to use my little flame hilt sword. Okay. I have that can produce like a flame blade. I don't know exactly how it works, but I want to pull that out just to grab their attention. Uh, yeah, once you pull it out, um, we you never once actually tried to activate this. Yes. Um, I believe the last time we ever talked about this, um, it was known that this was a weapon that definitely belonged to your fate. But again, you've never once used it. So it's it's hard to tell truly how to activate it. You've spent enough time with it to know that it has something to do with your god, the Illuminator, and thus mm. calling upon the blade now. It seems like you probably have to call upon the god who's produced the light. Okay. Do you think Anthony will pull the hilt out and just say... Lay the Illuminator, please blaze truth on this. We are facing enemies with other enemies with an activity around us. Make it clear on who our foes are and how to bring peace back to this town. Okay, perfect. So um, the blade itself uh, is a plus two weapon and as it springs to life in radiant brilliance in your hands, you hear a voice in your head say, well, 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 little Mr. Agnostic. Looks like all of a sudden we got fucking belief now, huh? Uh, you, got, you got a little truth? In it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it functions as a plus two weapon. Uh, it deals a D8, um, and it sheds 15 feet of bright light, 15 feet beyond that of um, dim light. But it's considered sunlight as you do it. Um, yeah. If you take an action, you can also boost the the radius of how bright the light is. Um, yeah, cool. Um, nice. Uh, I'm gonna say that even though you're a cleric, because this is a weapon that belongs to your faith, um, you'll be considered proficient with the longsword while using it. Oh shit! <laughs> okay. That'd be kind of funny if you held it upside down. You, you called to him, and the blade just extends downward into your foot, and you're like, "Oh no!" That's the illuminator. Not, that's not what it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jarzak right. for sure jumped when he saw this happen. He I thought I was the only one again. who could pull blades out of nowhere. Got my stick. Meanwhile, you look over at Klika, who has a shadowy dagger, slowly puts it away. <laughs> 
Um, okay. So with that, um, what's what's Anton gonna do now? Uh, well, first I want to tell today to the ogres at least like react to the, like the fact we're outside. Like, does the one who's always all the way in the back like turn around, or do I have to kind of run at them and grab their attention? Um. Yeah. No, they definitely noticed you guys doing that, and they're definitely willing to walk right out the front door once they came in. Um, but you guys are on the far side of the building and the farthest back. So it seems like they're going to probably go for Klika and Norhill first and foremost, just because they're the closest. Okay, then I'm going to try to definitely run around the side of the building to make up with Norhill and Klika. I'm trying to figure out what that distance is, because I only We'll move. say that you can do it if you dash. You can make it up okay. in the base contact with those two. I'll dash. Yep. Okay. Um... All right, uh, and then the next in initiative would be uh, Jarzak. Okay, is the window open down by Klika? Uh, no. No, okay. Well, and we I teleported guess... through it. Okay. I was just going to use my bonus action teleport and then just run and jump out that window if it was open. Wait, what? Yeah, teleport into the building, clo- 30 feet closer, and then just run out the other window. <laughs> but I'll just straight dash down to them. I mean, you Fine. can jump through the window and break the window if you wanted to. It's just, That's... it'd be very funny if you failed on the check. And Yeah, that sounds a little risky window. for Jarzak with how strong he's been. <laughs> very well. And okay, continues so just... to be. Uh, and so I will just in the front now. Yours, yeah. okay. So, um, okay. So, I guess that means now it's the ogre's turn. So, the ogre's being uh, not wanting to be made a fool of, um, the stone chuckers here go rushing out of the building and immediately prepare to throw stones, uh, with you guys. The biggest one, led by the other beefy ones, come rushing out as well, having to dash to get out to that point. But the ones that are hurling stones are just going to hurl them at the four of you. So let's see. Um, hmm. I'll roll a d4 to see who's getting hit because these things definitely don't have much directional accuracy. Uh, first one's at Anton. Second one is at Jarzak. Uh, okay. Um, unless you guys have an armor class of a 13, you're both okay as the barrels go flying well overhead and go colliding with the wall or colliding with the business next door, exploding into refuse and stones. The group of them start shouting at you guys and hollering in the giant tongue, uh, one of them saying, face me, coward. The one with the big chain says, I'll strangle the life out of you. And on that pleasant note, uh, he the, said, he uh, says it in giant? Over. What? Yeah. He said it in giant, okay. You're like, dang it, I had a good quip. <laughs> speak infernal again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jarzak's tongue forks. Um, okay. Now it goes to Norhill. Okay. Uh Norhill is going to invoke uh the power of the boots of the long glorious march, uh, so that he can get up into contact uh with one of the beefy ones. Uh what weapon is the beefy one armed with? Uh these beefy ones are armed with, one of them is holding what could be described as a 4x4 board, originally used as like a a um, 
a load-bearing like post in a building. He's just got a giant like four by four. The other one seems to have something of a giant femur. Okay. Uh, so Norhill is going to attack um, the one with the board, I suppose. Um, see so that is going to be a 15 to hit perfect that's Sorry. exactly what you need okay uh and he is also going to spend a superiority die on this hit um and what he's going to do is he is using a disarming attack uh so the so in addition to taking a little extra damage, the ogre has to make a DC 15 strength save or drop his weapon. Okay, good thing ogres are known for being particularly weak. Oh yeah, uh, on the saving throw, he got a 24. Okay, uh, so he's finally still holding his weapon, um, uh, and he takes 19 points of magical piercing and lightning damage. Jesus. So after getting cracked with that, all of their eyes kind of open up a little bit more. Having seen Trixie magic from Klika, that was one thing. Seeing a fancy item from Anton is another thing. But seeing one of them just get like smacked square in the leg and hearing bone crunch as the knee like clicks inward. uh, The ogres are aware that this is not like a group to just like bully into a corner. And it looks like having done that. Uh, Yeah, and Norihill still has his second attack roll. Uh, That's another 15 to hit. Okay, that's good. Definitely looks like they're big pissed off now. And that's another 12 points of magical piercing and lightning damage. Okay. Um, perfect. So now it goes to Kleek at the end of the round. Excellent. Get into base contact. I'm gonna bonus action Shadow Blade, spend a sorcery point, twin spell Booming Blade, and make an attack on the two up front. So the Stone Thrower and one of the regular armed beefy boys. All right. Okay, so that's a 20 to hit the Stone Thrower. That's definitely good. That's 33 damage. Oh my goodness. So that one's already bloodied. Yeah, the one uh, that Norhill beamed is bloodied, and the one that you just hit is bloodied as well. Yeah, and then that's a 28 to hit the one Norhill already hurt. Okay. Or 27 damage. Okay. So that <laughs> one, after having its knee crunched in hard and then having it get beamed in the chin when it reaches down to grab Norhill, Klika zooms up, slashing in at one of them and swings in with the backhand at the other one. So as the one's reaching in for Norhill gets clobbered in the ne- in the in the chin, Klika just finishes him off by slicing his throat and he just falls back with a big booming thud. And you can hear the furniture within the tavern clink about and glasses fall to the floor under his weight. Um, this is why we had a fight outside because can you imagine if you had done that inside (laughs) I mean they're already fighting the support beams (laughs) (laughs) you guys are dead bro and the best part is how you guys don't have any money at all we have (laughs) some money we don't have exorbitant amounts of it 
Yeah, enough to repair an inn from ogre infestation. Um, okay, cool. Is that the end of Klika's turn? Yep, that'll do it for Clunker. All right, Clunk dunked. Now we go to the top of the third round where Anton is first. Anton's going to try to help to take down the other one with Norhill and Klika. Because then he wants to get one of the other, one of at least the rock throwers down and then focus on the guy with the chain. So he'll right. try to go oh. slashing with his sword, see if it's successful. Could go wrong. Figure out how to unearth to get this to work. One second. I feel like that was actually you just role playing Anton holding a sword. <laughs> I feel like he said the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh, I could figure out how to get this thing to work. Anton, uh, the end that grows strikes the enemy. <laughs> I got a 10. I doubt it worked. <laughs> yeah, so Anton, not very trained with the blade, swings in and the big beefy ogre just kind of like slaps your hand as you swing in at him. He <laughs> like wants your arm and like snarls at you in preparation for a bit of a beat down on you. Was there anything else you wanted to do? Trying to remember what my other actions are one second because I know I always make this mistake. What you lose your bonus action? Yeah. I mean, you can cast any spell you want as oh, a bonus I action. Warding, I can do, um, no, I can't do warding flare yet because I wasn't attacked. Well, or uh, you can cast any bonus action spell you want, I guess is a better way. Be useful. Sorry, guys, a little slow. I'm using the app, so it's it's like a little bit wonky. I have to like scan through everything. Ronnie, this is not the apology cast. That's my other podcast. I am an apologetic person. I don't know what else to say. I keep telling you to call that the fartology cast. You know, it just it just didn't sell in Peoria, okay? <laughs> One second. Ryan, give him the count of 10. Then what? Challenge him. Find <laughs> my silly. Oh my god, this is not easy with the app. One second. Damn, I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to find my spells that I can use as a bonus action, and it's not identifying them anymore. I'm pretty sure you don't have any you can use like that. There didn't we find that out that you really don't no. have like any? Doesn't like, yeah, she has like Three, I think she has healing yeah, word, I, I, shield yeah. of faith. Yeah, healing word and shield of faith are probably the only two. I thought she had well, but yeah, because I can't use warding flare. So no, I'll just do. I'll just get like a defensive stance because I feel like I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Oh, luckily you move. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's you okay. Attack, luckily so. you're standing right next to Norhill, and Norhill has things he can do to protect you. So yeah, so maybe I should. Take a step back for a minute. Uh, I don't think you have that speed anymore. But okay. <laughs> um, and now can it I goes put on dodge? Dodge, uh, dodge is an action. Ah. Uh, Josh Mac, what we got? made for a really long time when we first started playing Five E's. We thought dodge was a bonus action. Mm. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. That's 
Oh, you're muted, All Jared. Right. Oh. I guess Jarzak's <laughs> going to move up, use his bonus action, teleport to move behind the chain thrower guy. Uh, and he's going to cast Shadow of Moyle on himself. <laughs> okay. Uh, what does that do? All of a sudden, Jarzak turns into like a creature of darkness where uh, flame-like shadows wreath your body until the spell ends, causing you to become heavily obscure to others. The shadow turns dim light within 10 feet of you into darkness and bright light in the same area to dim light. You know, you just had to ruin Anton's first use of that sword, didn't you? I'm, I'm more than 10 feet from Anton. It's fine. Well, that synergizes <laughs> yeah. really well with Shadow Blade. It sure does. I'm getting over to Jarzak. I was just thinking that. I'm like, <laughs> I know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm like, especially with Anton over here, specifically designed <laughs> to cancel my shit out at every opportunity. We're a, par- we're, we're a party of duality. <laughs> yes, we yeah. are. Lot of uh, chaos, light and shadow. It's interesting and thematic. That's how it all comes together to protect the world. So, what's the plan, Jarzak? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's a, that's an action to cast it. So, okay. Does it do any damage if I hit you or anything? I need these descriptions, man. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a secret. You'll find out when you hit me. Yeah, no, you'll meta game last time. <laughs> The last time I had a play, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull open my apps and I'm gonna read about it. Okay, until the spell ends, you have re- resistance to radiant damage. In addition, whenever a creature within ten feet of you hits you with an attack, the shadow lashes out at the creature, dealing two d eight necrotic. Okay, very well. Good thing our ogres are dumb. Um, so now that it's the ogre turn, uh, first of all, the last remaining chunky one. Uh, steps forward, shoving the rock hurler one and the chain one aside and looks down the group of the three of you that are now standing in front of it. It turns the femur sideways in its hand, uh, kind of like can I, across horizontally. Can I opportunity to attack him? Yeah, go ahead. You know... You know... Uh, it, you know, I was hoping Domro's luck would uh, crit, but it did not. Uh, 22 to hit, 11 damage. Okay, very well. So he gets smacked in the back of the cankle with that thing. Okay, so with that, he grunts in pain as he steps forward, turns it sideways, and I'm gonna need, um, I'm gonna need Anton, Klika, and Norhill. Oh boy, I'm gonna need you guys all to roll me a dexterity saving throw or a strength saving throw. Your choice. Okay, good. I was gonna say, uh, Norhill might be in trouble here. Dang, I was so close to a crit on that, and I got a two. I got a ten total, so I got ten. Fuck. Uh, Norhill got a twenty-one. On strength. Yep. Hell yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, well that's not good. Um. Oh shit. Okay. Never mind. I take that back. This is actually really, really flavorful and thematic. Um. So while the uh. Ogre gets ready to like just steamroll and run the entire trio over. 
Norhill, having beaten the saving throw, I'll read this one out loud because it's actually very sexy. If a creature makes a successful strength saving throw, the ogre char- uh, charger stops moving in front of the creature. So Norhill manages to, to, to single-handedly block this guy from charging and holds him in place, digging his little dwarfish boots in the ground and overpowering it. So the charger just stands still, pushing against Norhill, and Norhill does not budge in front of his homies. That's That's adorable. Norhill's armor I I... will break around him before Norhill moves. We've seen it happen. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. A single ogre has no chance against the king of the dwarves. Yeah, Norhill used enough strength to fight against the Herald of Steel's command over metal. Um, well, in response to this, the uh, stone thrower one, uh, one of them hurls a stone at Norhill using the best of his ability. Um, and he got the 23 on the hit. Uh, Norhill's going to use his reaction to warring maneuver. Okay. So what does that do? All right. Uh, so I roll a die, uh, right? A oh, D8. Boy. And it increases my armor class. Uh, so I rolled a four on that D8. So my armor class becomes 24. So the attack misses. Great. So with that, as you manage to glance it, ducking your head to the side as another barrel was flying over you. Somehow Norhill's just like, I know we joked earlier about 1v3ing the ogres, but like Norhill kind of is right now. He's in his right, So now let's see. Let's see if we can glance off the last one. The last thrower, the one who's right next to you in base contact, is mad. So he just picks up his barrel he has in a satchel and tries to smack you in the head with it as if it was a two-handed object. I was really hoping uh, he was going to take a step back. Just explodes. No. <laughs> uh, he hit with an. He does not hit with an eighteen. So that's the end of uh, his turn. But now the leader, uh, realizing that they may have met quite a match, unravels the chain and wraps it around his uh, two forearms here and manages to try swinging around, hitting everybody. Um, So uh, with the chain wrapped around both arms, it's going to swing one chain swing in at Jarzak and then another chain swing in on the other trio that Norhill's apparently in front of. Um, so I'll do the Jarzak one first because I know he gets to do funky damage. Um, is it only if I hit? You're still muted. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking right now. Uh, yeah, if it hits. All right, so I got a 23 on Jarzak. Yeah, that's a hit. Okay. He takes nine necrotic damage. Very good. I didn't need that health anyway. Um, And he deals in response damage to you. He deals 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Now with the other swing, swings in at the trio. And going from left to right. Oh my goodness. Uh yeah, I don't think I hit. Well, actually, no, never mind. I got a really good bonus. Um, Norhill's got an AC of a 24 for the entire turn. Uh nope, just for that one attack. So unfortunately, Norhill's AC goes back to 20. Okay, so I hit Norhill, and then Klika's armor class is 21. You know, you skirted death. I got two 20s, and I was like, man, 20 is not good enough to hit these players. Mm. And uh, the one that was going for Anton only got a 12, so very lucky. So Norhill gets hit across the head with one of the chain uh, as it kind of comes back on the backswing. And you take a total of, oh boy, 19 points of damage as the bludgeoning smacks you in the back of the head. Oh boy. 
And that is the end of my turn, bringing it now to Norhill. Okay, uh, so Norhill is going to, you know, sort of uh, break, you know, the clash where, you know, he caught the, he caught the weapon on the hook hammer uh, and, you know, uh, drive back the, the ogre just a little bit so that he can start making his attacks, uh, starting on the beefy one. I smell a kill in this round. All right, uh, Norhill got a 18 to hit. That's good. All right, uh, and he's going to spend uh, a superiority die to make this a sweeping attack. Okay. Uh, so the beefy one takes uh, 15 points of damage. Okay. And uh, the rock thrower one takes a single point of piercing damage. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. He's Send a of that toenail. <laughs> so the uh, beefy um, one yeah, looks um, bloodied as you hook him. His second attack, that's going to be a 16 to hit. Okay, that's still good. Oh, that hurts. That is absolute minimum damage on these dice. Uh, that is only going to be a seven points of magical piercing and lightning damage. Rough. Okay, so uh, Norhill probably flustered from being crushed and smushed by the ogres. Uh, barely gets enough room to be able to swing on them properly, but still manages to cut into these big potato men. Um, now, if that's the end of your turn, uh, we're going to end the round with Klika. Okay, Klika's going to just walk on through that whole mess. Get within 10 feet of Jarzak for the good good. Actually, I guess I only have to go here, which means I don't invoke any opportunity attacks. Perfect. And then Cleek is just going to start wailing on the dude with the chain. Because frig that guy. Just just Cleek is surrounded on all ends by just giant 10 foot tall tongue weighing individuals. Actually, yeah, so I will spend one sorcery point first to twin spell. This is a very rare opportunity where I get three attacks. So that's a 20 to hit the chain. Okay, that's good. For 31 damage. And then it's going to go on to the uh, rock thrower that I attacked last time. Um, and that's a 28 to hit, so that's going to be 28 damage on him. That's a kill. I'm going to do non-lethal going forward. She kind of felt bad about that first one. So wait, is it non-lethal on this this one as well? Yeah, no, that first one's dead. We all have to, we all have to come to terms with that. But then going forward, Cleek is doing non-lethal for any she gets. So, and then I will spend two sorcery points and quick and spell and do another. And uh, yeah, I'll do booming blade again on the chain holder. Okay. And that's a sixteen. That's a hit for thirty damage. God damn. All right, so this one looks on the verge of being bloodied. He has taken quite a beating, or quite a stabbing, I guess I should say, um, but does not seem to be 
completely thrown off from this one. The one being knocked unconscious definitely makes them a little bit confused about this whole thing, but these ogres are definitely not fully deterred from this whole experience. Um, yeah. So now we go to the top of the round. Oh, uh, I'm going to fury of the small on the big guy. Just see if I can push him into bloody. Just see if I can do it. You just always wait until I'm talking into the next fucking turn. Go ahead. How much? Nine. I'm level nine now. He is bloodied. Hell yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Extra little click of fucking magic. Woo! Yeah, great. So anyway, uh, Ronnie, what's Anton doing this round? Just want to check which one was made unconscious. Was it the rock thrower or the beefy one? Uh, it was the last of the rock throwers or the the rock thrower uh, closest to you. Okay, then I'm gonna help uh, Norhill take down the beefy one. Kind of swing at it with my sword again. I thought you were trying to redeem myself. Just killed the unconscious rock thrower. Like, holy shit, Anton! What does that sword do to you? You're Not swinging much, on who? I only got thirteen. Oh, rough. So that that misses. Um, I'm gonna actually use my bonus actions accurately, and I'll cast a uh, shield of faith on Norhill. I that he's taken a bit of hit. I was gonna say, why do you gotta say it like that? That's so depressing. I'm gonna use my bonus action correctly for once. Because like, I me. don't. Well, so, uh, on that, on basically that note, you get a plus two to your AC, Norhill, for the next ten minutes. Awesome. Plus two. So now it goes to Jarzak. Um, all right, Jarzak's gonna move to try and get flanking with Klika on the chain guy. Yeah, I'll say that you have it already. Oh, okay, sweet. Hmm. And I'm attack. 24 to hit. Okay. That's good. This is just such a smattering of bodies right now. And with the ogres being so huge, I just love thinking that, like... There's a lot of big, meat. <laughs> like, there's just such big, greasy, sweaty, like, chunky ogres. And then you guys are just <laughs> squeezing between them to get into advantageous positions. <laughs> 13 damage. Alright. And that was on the, the, the chain guy? Yep. Excellent. Uh, oh, so close to a crit. A 29 to hit. Chain guy. Okay. Eight damage. How much? Eight. Okay. Cool. Yeah, he's not looking good at this point. And um, I'm going to take that... one step away from both of them. Okay. You're still within reach of them. Let that be known. The one with the chain has reached out to about 20 feet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that chain's not friendly. Um, okay, and so now it goes to them ogs. Um, so with that, the uh, last stone chucker ogre here is going to lob one at Jarzak. The chain one is going to focus on Klika. The uh, last of the beefy ones is going to focus on Norhill. Uh, and the unconscious one is uh, snoring in pain. So, uh, with that stone throw, what is Jarzak's armor class? 19. 
How much? 19. 18? 19. <laughs> Four? What are you... It... One nine. 19? Oh, man, fuck off. All right, so he missed by one. <laughs> so with that, um, at least I think. Yep, missed by one. Um, okay, and so now the chain, our friend with the chain here, swings in at Kalika, who is not close enough to anybody for me to double up the attack. I got a 23 and a 19. Oh, shield. Just to be okay. spiteful. You know, just to be spiteful. He looks thoroughly unpleased by what you're doing here. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> fucking good. Um, so now uh, the last one, the beefy one, starts swinging in on Norhill. Um, yeah, he's actually going to attempt to barrel over you again. So go ahead, uh, both... Uh, Anton and Norhill, roll me a strength or a deck saving throw. Okay. Uh, Norhill got a 15. On? Uh, strength. Anton okay. got an 11 on strength. Okay, so as Norhill uh, takes a couple swings in on the beefy one, the beefy one realizes that Norhill's kind of getting barreled down by his immense weight, takes a step back and charges forward again. Um, clean shoving you two uh, to the ground. Um, and as you guys get pummeled to the ground and knocked prone, um, you take each 15 points of damage. I wish I attacked him with Bumming Blade this round. You got lucky, yeah. dummy. Yeah, and he charges away um, about 40 feet or so. And I think Anton needs to make a concentration check on Shield of Faith. Well, I already have it because of um, because I'm a uh, Warcaster, right? You get advantage on it. Oh, but I still have to... I still have to... Yeah. Let's see. Here we Da, 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 da. Sorry, this thing is silly. You know, speaking of rules I never remember, the concentration number, isn't it 10 or half of the total damage round down? Whichever is higher. Yeah. Yep. yep. I always forget like what numbers you make it with. If it's a con saving throw. I believe a got a 13. Save. I believe it's a con save, yeah. So you're able to maintain it. Well, actually, wait, that wasn't a... Fuck, I don't even know how to do advantage on this thing. Just roll it twice if you need to, but you already got it, so you don't have to. Okay. I think if you long press, it gives you the advantage. brings it up if you're on like a phone or tablet. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yep. So with that, you two have been steamrolled and you're laying on the ground as he rushes past you. Um, and now, um, with that over with, uh, that's the end of the ogre's turn, bringing it now to Norhill's turn, laying on the ground. Uh, Norhill's in a going pool to of shame, using half of his movement to stand up. Okay. Imagine how obnoxious that would be, though, just he knocked has... down by an ogre and just having to stand up afterwards. Mm. <laughs> well, has just enough movement left. 
to get back to the ogre that just uh, bowled him over and uh, attack him in the back. Right. Big idiot. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be a twenty-four to hit. That'll show him. I just, I just love that. Like he steamrolled past you and then like did like that kind of joggers like slow trot after running and like he thinks he like did something and Norhill already scrambled and skittered behind him like some kind of Japanese horror movie monster. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That's going to be ten points of uh, magical piercing and lightning damage. Just you know, gets a running start to jump up and slam him right between the shoulder blades with the hook hammer. All right. Uh, he's not dead yet, but he's very close. Okay. Um, let's see. I knocked that die over, so I'm just going to re-roll. Is that okay? Yes, Anthony. That's quite all right. The dice police will be there soon. Uh, let's see. So that's a 15 to hit. Okay, that's good. Uh, let's see, that's going to be another 10 points of magical piercing slash uh, lightning damage. Okay, and that one is dead. Booyah. And Norhill, like, slams him uh, in between the shoulder blades and then uh, hits him in the back of the leg as he uh, lands from his little jump. <laughs> All right, cool. And now it goes to Klika at the end of the round. All right, let's finish what I started last turn. Spend a sorcery point. Move right here. Ten feet of Jarzak. Perfect. Oh, in between the hurler and the uh, guy with the chain. Yeah. I'm a twin spell again. Ooh, there it is. Here's a crit on the uh, guy with the chain. So this will be good for him. Actually. Oh, 46 damage. You know... It's not often I can say you brought him down to HP about the amount on a single hand's worth of fingers. Um, but uh, he's not looking good after being critically wounded by whatever oh. fuck sorcery you got. Fuck, I just crit again. This one's on the rock thrower. Here we go. You're just, you're just picking after now? Yeah. 48 damage on that one. Oh, okay. You know, because whatever. So he's dead. <laughs> that's not lethal Clicker <laughs> still feels bad about that first one you know have it be known that one has yet to take damage this entire game like just nothing yet and you just one hit an ogre like, <laughs> the gaze of Clicker turned in its direction for the first time and it knew fear you know there comes a time where a broken character needs to be laid to rest Ten more ogres arrive on scene. <laughs> and here's my spend two more sorcery points bonus action for uh, 21 to hit on the main guy for 16 damage. Okay. Is this also non-lethal? Yes. Okay, so you managed to knock him unconscious as well. Can you describe how you managed to do that? What did that look like? Just smack happying the the three smacks and knocking out both of these ogres unconsciously yeah i think Klika just sort of looks around sees norhill put that ogre down is worried anton's gonna hurt himself if this goes on any longer kind of feels bad that this happened at all so she's just trying to really wrap it up without causing any more ruckus uh, 
so for the first attack, she goes in, uh, sort of figured out his, the chain's movement patterns and how he sort of has to reposition himself after he swings. She takes advantage of that, gets a real good stab right into the ribs, like essentially into the dude's heart. Like, and he feels it psychically. He knows he knows that 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 was a regular blade. He'd be dead. <laughs> he breaks out into a cold sweat immediately. Then Klika bounds off his chest, doesn't miss a moment, puts the shadow blade into the uh, rock thrower's skull while she's in the air, rides him to the ground, and then just scurries over, looks at the chain thrower, and just pokes him in the belly with the blade and ends it. Breaks his mind hmm. and he falls over. Good. Good. That's what I wanted. So with that, you uh, asked. The, pile, the pile of unconscious ogres in front of the establishment seems to uh, come to a standstill as the party huffing and puffing and Jarzak being dark and spooky. Um, the uh, party recognize that the crowd around them look both astonished, terrified, and I would say to an extent, probably even more afraid of repercussions as they seem to be not even looking at the wreckage, but looking all around them, wondering what could possibly follow this. Um, and with that, people just start rushing off in different directions. The innkeeper, who had met Norhill before, comes running out and kind of whispers under her breath outside the busted door and says, you have to go. You have to hide. She says, come on, quick, into the basement. Hi, I'm Klika. And then Klika follows her. Right, yeah, then Norhill is a little confused, but he'll follow his new friend. Actually, uh, I think we tried to the it, extinguishes the blade and gives him her thanks and hurries after. Okay. And about six men come running out of the tavern, bartenders and, and whatnot, and just start trying to attempt to drag one of the ogres like behind the building. And a few of them start rifling through their various packages and whatnot and looking through like the uh what's it called? The um the satchels. Yeah, they also touch the junk. It's very weird <laughs> and unfortunate. But they uh grab the satchels and whatnot and start looking through their things as the bodies are dragged off. And as the party are marched down into the uh the basement, the uh innkeeper turns to Norhill and says, If you're gonna survive this, if you're gonna live here in Gallad Bay or even just stay here for a short while, could you try not to start a gang war at my establishment? And that's where we're gonna end it. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.